A little while back, Netflix ran a competition to improve its algorithms, the technology that suggests new movies and TV shows it thinks you'll like. Everyone expected the top data scientists to dominate the Netflix challenge, but they didn't. In this episode, we're learning from Michelle Jensen's session, co-owner of Kensington Investment Group, a family company that owns, renovates, and manages a mix of commercial and hotel properties. On top of that, she is the co-founder of Aquarius Hospitality Solutions, a strategic advisory firm. So she's seen the industry from so many angles as an owner, operator, and strategist. In this episode, we're learning the surprising lessons behind the Netflix challenge, the importance of diversity, understanding cultural differences, and the importance of conversations feedback and being part of a supportive network. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. What sort of themes or topics are top of mind for you as you think about helping people thrive? I think the best way for me to answer that question my time at, at UC San Diego, I was there for five and a half years, was really big for me. I learned so much about people and myself and how to be an effective leader. And part of that was I was really involved in diversity and equity. I was the Equal Opportunity Compliance Officer for UC San Diego, and I was developing courses on cultural competence leadership, management, career counseling, all kinds of things. With no formal training, by the way, I went to school for environmental science. However, this was something that just really, really called to me. And I think one of my favorite things that I did when I was at UC San Diego is I got to attend a conference on diversity and the business case for diversity at UCLA. And what I learned was the diverse teams are the most powerful and it impacts the business on their bottom line. So there is a professor who works out in Michigan, and he did this study on Netflix and its algorithms. There was a competition to improve Netflix's algorithms. And the way they designed this competition, there were multiple levels that you had to hit, right? Like a 5% increase in accuracy, and then there was a 10%. Each time these targets were triggered, you moved on to the next thing. So there were a number of teams all over the world competing for this. And the first team to hit that first target was all A players from top data scientists, engineers, whatever. Once they hit that first target, people, other people started panicking. And what happened was smaller teams with not as well-known talent started banding together to overtake the Giants because the people who won the first round were the ones that everybody expected to win. And in the long run, what happened was all those different teams that came together from all over the world to overtake the Giants won. And the argument for the diversity is that when you have a lot of different viewpoints working on big problems, whether it's a chef, an artist, a landscaper, an engineer, a data scientist, you pull all those different minds together, it makes you that much stronger. So this is a foundation of my leadership skills is that I have a very different background and I look at things differently than a lot of hoteliers and surrounding yourself with those different kinds of individuals who are going to look at the problem in a different way 
this is an industry where you need to stand out. And doing the same thing over and over again doesn't work. And so having those fresh viewpoints absolutely makes you stronger as a business. It makes you look at the world in a different way. One of the things that I really loved was Bashar's interview where he's traveled all over the world and he's bringing in all of this information from all these different data points. And I think that's what makes hospitality so much fun is you get the opportunity to create an experience in a unique way. And to do that well, diversity is a huge part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And to illustrate this point, I want to go back to when you were chief operating officer, you know, owning hotels among other uh, businesses. What are some things that you did in that role to to encourage diversity and to encourage this all these viewpoints that you mentioned kind of within that operating business? I have a favorite story about diversity. So because I did all these trainings at UC San Diego for staff at all levels, I would do trainings for my team. And one of them was on diversity, navigating cultural competence, especially as a leader, because as a leader, you've got people from all different kinds of backgrounds. And we were talking about this concept of cultural hooks, which is something that goes very deep. An example of a cultural hook is a limp handshake or not looking somebody in the eye or using a first name or not using a first name. They're little triggers that are naturally embedded in us from our culture and the way that we were raised that may hit somebody else differently based on their culture. So we were having this conversation about cultural hooks and implicit bias. These are big words. These are academic words. But the way that it played out in the field was I have a general manager who I worked with for many years, and she had a staff that was primarily Latina, and she was white. And she was trying to do a staff appreciation event. So she booked a nice restaurant in the area and she had all of her different meal options. She had fish and chicken and prime rib. And she was super excited to treat her staff to this beautiful meal. And what ended up happening was this event did not hit the way that she intended. (laughs) A bunch of her team, her housekeeping team ordered the prime rib. And then when it came, it sat untouched. And she finally asked, the head housekeeper, don't they like the prime rib? What happened? Well, for them, when they saw prime rib, they thought ribs in a very different format. And the slab of meat that arrived at the table was unappealing. So in her world, it's a treat for them. They didn't know what to do with it. They wanted to take the meat home and cook it themselves. And after digging in a little bit further, she realized what they really valued was potlucks which some people would poo-poo that because you have to cook your own food and bring it. What kind of celebration is that? But for them and their culture, food is something that they're proud of, that they share, and it's a piece of themselves. And so for them, potlucks were a great way to do appreciation because they all got to bring a part of themselves to their workplace. And so these are some of those things that you learn that through experience and exposure, and it makes a big difference to your team on the ground. So having these kinds of conversations, I've never forgotten that story. I've taken that with me everywhere, but it changes how you approach your leadership. What's really important to the people that you're working with, gathering that information before you spend a ton of money and a ton of energy makes a huge difference. 
What would your advice be to executives that are listening to this? Because people reach executive roles many different ways. If, you know, some people reach it through maybe management consulting and they end up in a strategic um, lead, or a, uh, an executive role within a hospitality company. Sometimes people work their way up from the front lines. Um, but what would be your advice to executives that would help them avoid something like this and, and make sure that they're staying in touch with the people that they're trying to serve? So I have a couple of ideas about this. One of your interviews, they talked about this breakfast with the top of the company. That's actually huge. It's all about having conversations, right? So I love that because you get to speak to your staff in a way that is real. I think coming out of COVID, what so many of us are struggling with is how do I want to spend my time? What's my purpose? And I think as a leader, what people are really looking for is purpose. And so our job as leaders is to share why that work is valuable, why it matters, that the hours that you're spending in this job goes beyond just cleaning a room, you're creating an experience. And a lot of this is storytelling. And I know some people don't like that word. I heard that this morning. But it is storytelling. Your work matters. Your time matters. You're spending a good portion of your life doing this job. This is the impact that it's having. So as we navigate staffing challenges in the hospitality industry, it is being on the ground, having those conversations, staying at your hotels, spending the time, and getting to know them as people. And if you ask, they'll tell you. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on this show on Instagram and YouTube, so if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. Dot com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 